Hi, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm Will. And you're listening to The Crusading Couch. Alright, so today's topic was in part picked by Kim and Will, um, had more influence, influence over it yes, than I did. Um, Drive. And that... Propulsion. Beef. And that topic is uh, morality in games. Um, we're going to talk about uh, primarily about uh, how games try to um, help you include morality already. Some of the things they do to help guide players in making uh, moral choices and moral codes for their characters um, and things like that. Um, some of the ways those sort of mechanics fall apart. Um, we might touch on including um, moral choices in your games, like how to set that up, but that is, that's only if we have enough time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. So, first of all, Billy, mm. oh, you've got a mouthful of water over mm. there. How do you decide, um, or not decide, but how, how do you try to enforce the moral compass of your characters that you play? Okay, so basically when I'm creating the character amongst all the stats, the physicality, the mental, etc, etc. At the core is a morality code. So, how I think they'll act in certain situations, what their values are, etc, etc. This is all defined at the beginning. And then, as I play through, I attempt to be true to that, unless situations occur over a protected period of time that would have me believe the character would shift this belief. Uh, So it can never be an instant thing. Uh, so you try to pick out um, key um, moral anchoring points almost. Yeah, that's character. a really good way to put it. And I also feel it's important sometimes I'll have a character that will stray from these momentarily because in real life uh, people aren't always true to their morals for whatever reasons and I also think it makes interesting situations or examinations or conversations of other characters mm. um, but those tend to be not common. Does your method, Raymond, differ in any particular way to that? No, not not really. So um, it's really moral anchorings. It's very rare that I will pick a morality for a character um, right off the bat. Normally, I've already like made my character first, and then like some of the choices I've made will inform um, that morality. Um, but yeah, I do do similar to Wilfred. I'll try and pick out a few things. Okay. Um, so does that, for both of you, change? Um, is that all characters? Like, system-wise, I guess is what I'm asking here. Yeah. Uh, do you... One's pretty across the board. It's okay. Yeah, so you, you, don't find that you don't find that there's a massive difference between between like playing World of Darkness or playing an Eclipse Phase character or playing a D and D character really. with that with that same kind characters of thing, like interacting with the yeah, system. Yeah. With characters those. are characters. Although I would say that there's the moral, the alignment system of D and D, and the way that tries to um, give you moral guidance for what your character should be. I gen- tend to actually consider my morality more for that like if I know a lot of the other players are going to be good characters I'm probably not going to play you know lawful evil ah yes I might play you know a more neutral character or maybe chaotic evil (laughs) just just to dick with them chaotic evil is like hey it's it's an off day I'll be good today I guess whatever you can't you can't make me 
be good. I'm good for my own reasons. Evil reasons. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I th- oddly, the game that I think has the most broken portrayal of morality um, is the game where I consider the morality I choose the most. Well, the problem with... The reason why it's considered one of the most broken is people adhere to it far too rigidly. And they I adhere think, to its mechanical nature. Yeah, I actually think that if people treated it, uh, not flippantly, but more as guidelines for a character, instead of uh, the absolute unbroken law, if you deviate from this yeah. law is all, it so would be a more effective. You're thinking that people are going in there going, oh, I couldn't possibly do that because I am the lawful good character. I suppose, you put yeah. that penny back, yeah. chaotic good thief. Using yeah. that hierarchy to flanderize their character based on their morality, I think, is one of the problems with that. Yeah, that's, that's a good Taylor's point. like, I am the lawful good character. It is my thing. Rather than, here's a character I've made whose morality system is this way. Yeah, okay. Defined by it instead of it being a defining part of their character. Yeah, the, the thing that stops a player in D&D often from doing an evil thing is not... Um, is not, oh, it's evil. It's, oh, wait, my line will change and I'll lose my fucking levels. Or alternatively, the reason for doing something uh, given by a player should not be, oh, because I'm lawful good. Yeah. It should be because this is the way my character saw it. So the character should, in if they are lawful good, using the D&D system just for a little bit, if they, if they are lawful good, should actually really... Y- okay, I'm just going to... Make their... Words. It's the basic They're storytelling principle of you should show and not tell. Yeah, okay. That's thank you. That's what yeah. I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say that lawful yeah. good you people should just know from that you're lawful good because from of the how way you're you acting act, yeah. rather than you telling them that you did this because you're lawful Indeed, good. It should be something you are lawful to... good because you did this. Yeah. There yeah. we go. That's it. You didn't slaughter the puppies. Finally. Yeah. The save the puppy moment. Um or bed them in the case of some chaotic characters. Hey man, you gotta do what you gotta do. You just put him in the bed. <laughs> oh yeah, what were you guys thinking? It's, it's for Tuck storage. It's like yeah. puppy storage. <laughs> it's soft. <laughs> swiftly moving on. Yeah, swiftly. And choose the movement, the moment to move swiftly. I actually, I'm in a gelatinous fluid. Yeah, yeah you guys put, always choose really I'll, bad times I'll, to take a drink. I want to put yeah. a question. I don't. Yeah. So we've amongst us, we've got we've, the the jive seems to be morality anchors. I really like that phrase. Yeah. Can we think of any jive other or morality anchors? Both. Why not both? Wilfred uh, likes both. Are there any other ways that people can think of uh, that? folks might come up with morality for a character that are different from the morality yeah um, lots of people base their characters um at least in part on characters that they know from other things so some people you know might decide that they want to have a moral code that is similar to um batman's for example just because batman keeps staring me in the face um <laughs> give me the money because <laughs> he's on my wall um so you might as a way of um, I mean, you could still call that a morality anchor, but rather than it being like a keystone situation, it's it's that question yeah. that you often see on bracelets. What would Batman do? Um, except for some reason they spell Batman with a J? I don't get it. With a Batman? Jatman. What would Jatman do? Jatman do is a mountain, I'm sure. In one of those fake 
um, comic book nations that is sort of in yeah. Asia. Oh my god. Sure. It um, I think that you can do it. Uh, so this is kind of maybe the precursor to moral uh, moral keystones or moral anchorings. There we go. Moral anchor moral anchorings um, is that you could use a story writing device where you have a character and the sign of a good character is that you can imagine that character in any situation. So when you're actually writing your character, you could probably run through, I don't know, half a dozen, a dozen situations in your own mind about what, how that character would react how you think that character would react in those situations, like <coughs> mundane situations. The example that I know is a birthday party. Mm. If you put your character that you're playing in a five-year-old's birthday party, what, uh, yeah. what, what would they do, you know? And then that answers questions about, like, would they go around kicking the children with their spiked plated boots? Or, or, or would they make balloon animals if they knew how? Would they learn specifically how to make balloon animals if they were going <laughs> to a five-year-old's birthday party? Would they, like, train up that skill in order to, in order to get there? Like, um, like uh, yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting um, ex- experiment. I... I've never done that, by the no. way. I have never made it a character with. I've never made a character for that way. I've never made a character for a gaming thing that way, but I've made characters for because um, Kim and I did um, drama at the HSE level, at the high school level in um, high school. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, not the English level. HSE is like the, HSE <laughs> is the final level of testing in Australia before you move on to your university. Um, happy time. So yeah, HS at the HSC level, and it reminds me of a lot of things that we um, that I learnt there, and also at um, other theatre courses about developing characters and workshopping characters, and 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 there's a few other things related to that. But that is certainly one way to um, help inform a morality as well as a character. So we have a lot of the informing the reality and creating the morality. I have a question. So these are characters that we create to play. Do we think it's more difficult to accurately portray a morality or if it's a bit diminished if you're given a pre-made character? It depends. Um, normally a pre-made character is not for an ongoing campaign. Mm. Um, it's for a one-shot, so moral questions and things like that often f- fall by the wayside for a one-shot. Um, I think Kim and I probably ran a lot more of those than you have. Well, yeah. I certainly have ran a lot more of those than... No. Played in, played in a few of them. <clears throat> when I get a pre-generated character to play in a one-shot, I actually um, I find that the pre-generated character does not have, or unless the DM told me, yeah, does not have a morality built into it. Indeed, you can actually those are the sort impose of things, yeah. that yourself when you're making you kind of make it up on the day. Yeah. When you're making characters for one-shots, um, you try to leave as much blank as you can for a player um, so that they can add in their own touch so like you don't describe how the character looks if you don't need to um, so that they can add that in so yeah that's what I do not did that I have done but I continue to do it is actually impose impose my own moral choices on the day which I think is relatively easy because 
if, if you're feeling lazy because you can just impose you can put how you're feeling on the day onto your character without fear of future ramifications or anything yeah. like that but when yeah. you're coming back to characters in a campaign <laughs> I think that it is a lot more difficult to re-inhabit the character yeah re-inhabit yes. the character with that morality you have to remember the kinds of choices that that character would make week to week fortnight to fortnight months to month Indeed. year to year um yeah i mean I, I i think i understand what you're saying um one example that i can think of is uh if you were playing as um <coughs> You, you decided when making character, maybe you play a lot of fighting characters. And so you've decided, okay, I'm going to play a pacifist. Because I've never done that before, and I think that'll be an interesting role-playing challenge. But eventually, you have an off day, you come in, and you resort to your um, baseline of playing. And you're like, oh, fuck, but this character's a pacifist. Okay, well, then I'll just avoid fighting. I'll just find some other way to kill them. And in that moment, you've broken the morality of your character. Because they're no longer a pacifist in that moment. They've switched from being a pacifist to somebody that just tries to avoid an open fight. Irreparably or momentarily? Not irreparably, but like if you don't catch yourself making that change, if you're like, well, I'm still technically a pacifist because I'm not technically fighting them, I'm just killing them. Well, as soon as you have to start justifying something. Well, even yourself. you might make those sorts of corrections unconsciously without even taking note of it, because you know you might not be thinking too um, hard about your choices. You're like, well, I didn't, I didn't fight them, so I'm, I'm still pacifist. But yeah, if you don't catch it, then it can be irreparable. <coughs> but like, yeah, all circumstances are different, and and that's something that you guys might find with all of this is that um, you should always assume uh, that we are saying, even when we don't say it. Depends on the character, depends on the game, depends on the player. Because those are variables that we can't account for in these conversations. It's always going to depend on yeah. the character. So the is it a bad game. thing if it's irreparable? So are you guys saying that once you it's create a bad thing morality it's a... for a character, you should be locked into that? No. No, of course no, no, no. not. It's never, it's never truly irreparable. It's just the longer you leave it without checking it, the more the, the character changes and becomes a different character and it's not because the character has actually undergone growth or development or has experienced situations that change their mind it's just because you got lazy with yeah, portraying that character meta growth yeah maybe um but like you Billy have uh, t- told us about that you allow for moral growth within your characters as well, whether they're a once-off or they're an actual switch in the way that those characters approach things. And I think that that's a very important thing. And I don't think that there's actually anything particularly wrong with um, changing the way that your character approaches situations. It's but just when it changes for no reason story-wise. Uh, yeah, no, re- no reason story-wise. That's, that, that, that's okay. a good point. But if it did change for a reason story-wise, I think that there needed to be a way in which NPCs were interacting with that character constructed by the DM previously, and there has to be ramifications for that moral change. Yeah. Whether they be positive or negative, depending on the moral shift. Yeah, and, depe- and, and, and depending on the situation in the moral shift, like if you say, I'm becoming evil, that means that all NPCs are going to 
react badly to you, that's not true. Evil NPCs should or could react to you, react to that character in a more positive way because they share similar goals or a similar outlook on the world. Um, but there needs to be a change in the way that interactions with that character play out. Mm. And whether they are NPC um, uh, interactions with the character or character character so I suppose interactions. We're sort of almost segueing into something we want to discuss, which is uh, I dislike the word punishment, but what should DMs do? Consequences. Consequences will suffice yeah. for players who they deem to be. Uh, acting outside of their morality for the negative reasons that we discussed. Well, so in certain games, the penalty for acting outside of your morality is right there on the pages. Like in D&D, you take a negative level or whatever when your alignment changes. In other games, games that are trying to be more story-driven than more mechanics-driven, that you see the consequences are more left to the GM. Like, um, if you're playing... Try not to use an Eclipse Phase example. If you're playing a member of the Union in um, World of Darkness, which is the, you know, grassroots hunters group, you know, neighborhood, uh, neighborhood Watch. The Neighborhood Watch meets uh, the Winchesters from Supernatural. You know, um, if you, if word gets out that you decided to let a vampire go because, like, the vampire happened to be, like, a kid or something. A, a lot of hunters are going to focus on the fact that you let a vampire go. They're not going to focus on the fact that it was a kid that you let go. And that should affect your character. Whether your character thought it was a good moral choice or not, yeah. other people you interact with mm -hmm. should come back for that. The D&D &D example, though, is... Yeah. Um, yeah, if you're a lawful good who murders a bunch of villagers, uh, you can be slapped with a congratulations, you are now chaotic evil. Yeah, you you've now lose, you know, you take 1d4 negative levels or some shit. <coughs> I don't even think you take negative levels, I think. You do sometimes do. take negative okay. levels. I know that. I'm, anyway, yeah, I think for paladins you can, like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, for paladins, you can, like, take negative well, Paladins levels. are an interesting example in themselves because they are characters that are powered way more alignment. powered and defined by their morality. I think clerics have that, too, in some versions of D&D. Some, but paladins are traditional. If you do something in conflict to your established morality, there will be serious mechanical effects like you will be stripped of a number of your powers and abilities yeah sometimes you lose all character levels yeah. for being a um for changing your alignment for doing something sufficiently evil um there's an interesting uh quote that i saw online recently um which was uh it said uh it had druid as in like a name it said the druid said to another player um, can you please hold my loot, uh, L-O-O-T, uh, because I physically and spiritually cannot. I think that creates a divide, uh, between 
a number of different things between two different cam mechanics within we, we, or two different perceived mechanics within systems yeah uh, but also between uh, what we as players have maybe been grown up to uh, or brought up to think is a good thing and what we should actually be playing as uh, as the character so the druid in the way that that a lot of people would understand it shouldn't actually even be asking that question because they shouldn't care about the physical possessions. Like, yeah. they're all about the communion with the natural order. And the natural yeah. order is that things are worthless. Yeah. Possessions are fleeting and uh, you shouldn't really have any concern <coughs> for your possessions if yeah. you're trying to be one with nature. But the... The, the conflicting mechanics that into that come into that is one is is that you've got a moral choice that you're making to that you have to make the hard choice to not take loot where in some situations that would disadvantage you because you have less money so that disadvantages you in character progression it disadvantages you it, it disadvantages you if you are if you're that way inclined in feeling good about getting a lot of cash. Mm. Players love getting things, even in games where things are not important. Yeah, and also it may it, 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 cool it um, uh, disadvantages you uh, potentially in respect to the other play mm. to the other characters within your party. Which opens up a whole new can of worms. Let's uh, address the mechanic aspect first. Why? What? What about that division? The the division in the mechanics. You've got a system that has any system that has a way of defining morality, and you have made a choice which is in favour of another mechanic, which is getting money. Yeah. Um, why does morality fall by the wayside here? I think. It's in part because the player's priorities differ to that of their characters. Um, if you're living in that society, like you might think you would... If you're inhabiting that character truly, then your morality is going to be way more important to you um, often than making money. Um, Whereas a lot, at the end of the day, a lot of the time it can fall into the character staring at their character sheet who wants to get... The player staring sweet, at their character right. sheet. Sweet-ass ability A but needs X cash dues to get there yeah. is very conscious of that. There are some games where you actually... I can't remember... I think old editions of D&D &D and like a few other games. I think Traveller has... The, no, not Traveller. Some other games. Where you need an amount of financial Where you actually need an amount of cash, which is... It's cool depending on what it's meant to simulate. Like um, Red Markets, which is an upcoming uh, game that I'm um, that I'm hoping that I'm involved in playtesting for. Um, in a game like that, the spending of money—I don't even think it's part of—you don't level up in Red Markets, but whatever. Yeah. In, in a game that is economically themed, um, you have to spend money to level up, and that's meant to represent you going to. S classes or whatever you're sacrificing your money in order to learn whereas in other games it's like well that's a resource that a player has so yeah we'll we'll make them cash that in we'll accept that. i think that it's important to point out that in red markets because it is um economically themed uh that that is an expectation that there sh that you will probably as a player have 
your moral compass aligns somewhat to the economic status of your player. Yeah. Um, oh, the other... Yeah, there's an interest... That's actually, in that way, the economics in that situation do become a moral choice because in Red Markets, it, it's a game of economic horror. Yeah. The question becomes, do I use this money to feed my fr my family? Yeah. Or do I use it to get better at making money so that we can... We don't have to make these hard choices in the future because we'll have more of a cushion. Yeah. You go spend money to make money, give a man a fish, teach a man to fish, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, give a man, <laughs> give a man some money to teach you how to fish. Yeah, exactly. And that way you have less money and more fish. Which is good <laughs> if you know that there's another enclave nearby that has the scarcity fish. Because then you can trade fish for whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All bullshit. <laughs> it's just economics, Wilfred. You just don't get it. You, know, you, you haven't read. Yeah. You don't, don't read economic games <laughs> like Kim and I do. Okay. So and who it, decides what is an immoral choice? So say situation. An amoral choice or a moral choice? Either or. So for instance, say they're completely different. <laughs> For example, so you know, they're just opposites. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, you go. Who decides? Ah, uh, sorry. So you've got, for instance, is a, a moral choice where, as you said, you're between a rock and a hard place. You can either feed your family or gamble on providing enough to be able to have them well off in the future. What? Who then decides if that's like a poor moral? Oh. There's an interest. Yeah. I, I think I understand what you're saying, and there's an interesting quote that I remember from a TV show called The Unit. Where uh, I already love it. Where <laughs> the unit? It's about soldiers or whatever. Anyway, the the guy says a moral man doesn't need to choose between a bad, an evil choice and a good choice. A moral man only has difficulty choosing between a good choice and another good choice. It's very uh, and that's talking about good and evil, not good as in adequate or non-adequate. You know. Yeah, it's it's easy if it's clear. It's easy to avoid making the bad moral choice. I think that you, in your playing of Ardent Strider from a cop's phase, may have stumbled across a moral choice. I mean, we wanted to get the bad guy in that first run. Um, uh, <laughs> Murder at Matic Station. Murder at Matic Station. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to do that, we, f you, not <laughs> we, I didn't do it. Arden, <laughs> specifically Arden, it was written on the report, he Arden me. caps lock underlined. Arden Strider I was hacked. fires a rocket at the escape vehicle, which happens to be in a crowd of innocents. Now, we as players didn't realise that the... Uh, didn't uh, I, I certainly didn't realise that the escape vehicle yeah. was in that was in the crowd of innocents. This is where it gets How, interesting. However, yeah. it doesn't change the fact that that happened. It doesn't yeah. change the fact that that happened. Now we could you, Arden Strader, could have chosen not to fire that rocket, but you did. Now we were this was the first run of an ongoing campaign, and I actually think that rather than having a predetermined morality about such things, that that event helped shape us as players as to how we are approaching the morality of our... It's true. Like, every time since where Ardent Strider has been presented with the choice whether to shoot or not shoot, he's chosen to shoot. He shot, he shot at the case morph running down the street. Uh, not even a case morph. He shot at the synth. 
uh, to blow out its legs. It was um, what it worked. <laughs> <laughs> he shot at the um, at the the In my defense, the infiltrator. Yeah, but he still <laughs> shot them. <laughs> It still does wave at them. It still does damage. It's, it's, damage. Damage. Nothing. it's true. She just dug it out. Yeah, I, it certainly has become a part of uh, Arden's strategy. Really, yeah, really shoot and ask questions later. It has become a part, but that situation was in part due to um, that we, like, we weren't quite aware yeah. that they were in that crowd. I was also operating under trying to wrap things up a bit quicker. I had to be somewhere afterwards. Yeah, I mean it's still yeah. It's still I, a think, I think that the I think that um, uh, Curtis Fraser is also experiencing some moral choices. He chose to work with the known <laughs> fugitive to find the teenage girl for his mate. And now he's he, under departmental he scrutiny. He intimidated a teenage boy. For you, no reason, with the fugitive, you got the known terrorist, more important murderer of the teenage uh, Would have covered him up. Would have covered it up if not for awkward failures. Yeah, if not for critical failures. And then, yeah, and then yeah. trying to cover his tracks, like they've done a really nice job. And, and this actually does link into what we're saying about morality. They've do, the players have done an interesting job in um, in a cops phase of portraying the concept, the con- complex rather moralities that law enforcement officers often face, if not in reality, which they, they totally face these choices in reality, if not in reality, then definitely as they're presented in various entertainment. Yeah. The, the complex choice of wh- to what ends should I go to accomplish justice or accomplish my goal? How far should I be willing to push the law? How far should I be willing to push my mandate as a, as a peace officer? I will reveal the mentality of uh, that I was a pro, that I was going through for Curtis Fraser in that instance. Is that yes, this was a known fugitive. It was probably even a, a sh- yeah, it was probably even a higher priority target, and I probably should have switched targets. But that wasn't the job. Yeah, yeah, that was not the job. The job was to find the girl, and I was using. All means at my disposal <laughs> to find the missing You're girl. You're certainly that was, that, that was that was the job for Curtis Fraser, and he was going through with it. Like if he ran into that particular fugitive again later, um, uh, then things may have been different. Then then then, then, thing, then different. things may have been different. But that's an eclipse phase. Yeah. How. Yeah. How does the morality system of Eclipse Phase... Is there a morality system in There's not a morality phase? system like you think of it in D&D. There's not the alignment. <laughs> but, Tell us more. But there is um, the morality. They, they have the motivations, for example, in Okay, Eclipse so phase. quick question. Do you need a morality system in a game? Period. No, no not at all. If your game, If your game isn't... The inclusion of a morality system in your game implies that moral choices are at least a theme of your game. So, the reason that we rag on D&D having a bad morality system is because they included one at all. If they hadn't included one, then there'd be no reason to talk about D&D's portrayal of morality. In the same way that um, we're not really talking about... um, we're not really talking about, for example, fate or Star Wars. Mm. Like, they don't include morality systems, really. Um, 
Dungeon World has a vague morality system, but it's for getting experience. Like, you don't... You know, nothing bad happens if you fuck it up. Okay, so I think that... I think World of Darkness definitely has a morality system. I think that even if you don't have... Yeah, I'm going to get to that. I'll challenge that. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Pardon me. Um... I think that even that no, it is not necessary for a system to include a, uh, a a mechanical moral system. However, I do believe strongly that a character needs to have a moral code, like a defined moral code in the player's mind. The player does not need to be able to articulate that code to another person, but they do need to understand what would that character. Do, and I think that that is the... What do they find... Yeah, rec- yeah. Rec- that, 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 meant, I can't pronounce the word I'm looking for. What are you trying to say? A, a, a bad. What do they find bad? Reprehensible. That's the word. There we go. And what do they... <laughs> what what type of... What do they celebrate? What kind of moral choices do they... Uh, Will they hold? jump down a hole where they have no idea what's beneath and then get shot in the back by a fucking shotgun? Yes. When did that happen? In the last of Cops Ray's run. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But... Like Raymond said, if 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 a system chooses to include a moral a a, a morality system, then, it is, then yeah. the ball game changes. So, do not we think- only do you have a key aspect in my mind to a well-rounded character, but you now have a mechanical incentive for that key aspect of a well-rounded character, and I think that that actually possibly adds more <laughs> contention to the issue of morality than not. I think if you just left it to players, then good players will have moral compasses for their characters and everything will be hunky-dory. And the players and the way that those players interact with NPCs and... Uh, uh, sorry, the way that those characters at- interact with NPCs and other characters during the game changes as the moral compass changes. Maybe the moral compass for the whole campaign stays the same. Who knows? But when you include a mechanic... So you've answered my next question, which was, do we think that morality mechanics have worth in games, more yeah. or less? Yeah, I mean, really, all mechanics have worth. Yes, I think it's it just does. about where they're applied. This mm. is slightly related, and it is another tangent, and we've talked about th- this before in a number of different scenarios. But if I, Raymond touched on it before, if a game includes a mechanic, then that mechanic should be important to the playing of that game. Yeah. So if they've included included morality as a mechanic, then you as a reader of that game of that game system basically you have to assume that it yeah. is important. But if it is not important then it's bad design. But that's irrelevant. But if it is yeah. important On super general terms then, in pretty much simply yes or no, do you think that games that do not have a morality system are selling are missing out. No, no, not okay. at all. It's yeah. all about it's all about the focus of your game. Like if you're making a yeah, yeah, we, yeah, yeah. We but that, that. Does, but curious. that doesn't mean that ones that include it yeah. are necessarily worse off for including it because maybe yeah, maybe if spots whatever's depends 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 depends. Um, but. World of Darkness morality system. Yeah, I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to talk about this. The human. The human character sheet in World of Darkness specifically has morality as their power stat. No, Raymond is thinking of virtue and vice, which I would consider a part of morality. I would disagree. Um, to a degree, but definitely they are things that would influence your morality. I was not thinking of that at all. Yeah, Kim actually does make a really good point where... Yeah. It has a whole... That was the system, I think, that... On the World of Darkness character well, sheet, particularly for humans, it's got this uh, one to ten track. Yeah. Um, 
with 10 being the most moral, which is, like, in philosophical terms, super ambiguous, and then 1 being the almost least moral, because you can technically get to 0 where you become unplayable. Uh, and, like, you slide up and down this track based on, like, some really bad choices you make and how your character reacts to them. I can't remember what the reward mechanic is. What, what, is what you, at a certain really point, you get a bonus. I think it's um, 8. Do you get a bonus at yeah, 8? Yeah, sometimes. And it's only, yeah, you don't like get a that? bonus if you're a human. Yeah, for reason. humans, there's really no benefit for where you are but on you, the morality scale. But you do get the penalty if you're a um, if you're a uh, human on the morality scale. You still take the penalties to um, degeneration checks. Can I just say how much I really dislike in that system that morality ten is almost impossible to have. Well, it's, it's, it, it, it's, it's almost impossible to get and it is virtually impossible to maintain. It, it just it, because it really of the parameters, the examples that they give. It's like if you have a, while well, I'm if you have a bad thought, regardless of whether you act on it, dismiss it, etc., you stand a significant chance of going down the line. Which is so, so poor an understanding of human. Um, well, exactly. Of human beings, like. It actually makes me think of psychopaths, um, but so that's, they, that's so what, what, Why do they have this mechanic? I mean, it's, I've played things that are approximated to humans in that uh, morality system, and I, I do not understand the difference between six and seven on that scale. Like, I've looked at the examples, six. and it is basically, like, in terms of... That is... Is this a I case? Is, th it, is this a case of the of the moral compass system, that sliding scale, telling you how your character should behave, rather than your character behaving in a specific way reflects on the system? Mm. Is it's it a perpetual even, cycle? It's not even that. It's just that. It's just that. Even though it's a sliding scale, it feels kind of binary. Like, I'm, I'm, not, even, I'm not even sure that's how I want to describe it. Yeah. It's just. It's yeah, this is the, when there's uh, not enough examples of what that <laughs> scale is meant to mean, and and even and I I mean I haven't read all of the Water Darkness books thoroughly. Yeah. Can but there be though? I mean, can they provide enough examples of what it's meant to be other than essentially a generalized look at where your character is? Can that be all it is? Is that enough? I mean, regardless of where you sit, though, I don't know. Yeah, the fact that the fact that Kim and I have played. In several World of Darkness games, and we still don't really understand those morality systems fully, probably suggests that the mechanic isn't super easy to get because it means I that just think it means you're that thinking about it too much. I no, seriously no, no. think it's it's just there as a generalized. This is where your character's at. It's not meant to be a morality seven means X Y Z. Uh, this is where you are. It, it sort of falls partly as mental. Why do you have it? it I think just as a very rudimentary like moral compass. Although it kind of in falls... much the same way that the lawful good uh, yeah. chaotic evil is. You you can look at it and get a generalized idea of where you're at. And I think at the end of the day, that's that's it for it. It's meant to be a prompt, not well, a. I mean, that's an excellent point. But it also kind of falls between two sort of mechanics. It falls between moral compass. But also, um, mental health mechanic. Because as you get w your morality gets lower, you're expected to accumulate more derangements and things like that, and become more mentally unstable. You become more likely to commit certain crimes. 
um, because there's less in your way. There's less incentive for you to not commit those crimes. But what, once what's, you, what, what's the what's the penalty for not committing the crime? What's the penalty for not playing your moral standing on that sliding scale? Similar to D and D, as far as I'm aware, you move along the scale. So at a certain actually, point, that's not true at all. At a certain point, you stop gaining um, negative penalties yeah. for going down, and like the only penalty that looms over your head is not being able to play your character so, anymore. Um, Although World of Darkness yeah. has going down is they have what is called breaking points, um, and that so for instance a breaking point might be murdering another person, uh, or a breaking point might be theft uh, or last. Is that what those are meant to be called? Yes, uh, which is interesting because the breaking points don't distinguish between the intentions behind the action, just the action itself. Uh, so you might shoot someone dead to stop them from killing fifty other people. It's still a breaking point. I believe the logic behind is you have still committed... I can see the logic yeah. for that because killing a person regardless is still really hard to deal with. Yeah, but that's how you move down uh, by tripping breaking points. Moving up is a much more protected process of consistently behaving in a manner that would be indicative of a character with a higher morality. Yeah. And doing shit related to your vices and virtues can also help. And yeah. yeah. I mean, it has a moral something to it whether we can call it a full on mechanic or not I don't know as I said I think you're reading too far into it you're looking for, you're looking for something that's not there and you don't think that the vice and virtue mechanic no does that impinge on morality at all like I think it can it certainly t informs the it's there to me meant to help you inform the behaviour of your yeah. character so just like this, motivations is this is this yeah. all making it easier for the player to remember what the morality of their character was in between runs? I think that might be part of what it's meant to be for. Yeah. It's Actually. certainly a component. Yeah. Mm. Because I think in a system without a morality mechanic, there's a lot more leeway. Like if your DM doesn't yeah, pick, on the, pick up on the fact that you as a player are now making different moral choices for your character and not changing the way that NPCs interact with with with, with um, with that character, then, hundred percent agree. Then yeah. there's there's nothing that's going to happen based on that. Uh, alternatively, with ones that are in it, like with uh, thing with systems that do have a moral system, like a moral mechanic. That's the one that I'm thinking of. A moral mechanic, probably. It could be. What happened? Yeah, anyway. <laughs> I'm confused about why... I'm confused why now any system includes a moral mechanic. I think it's meant to... You confuse me, Raymond. Well, in a lot of ways, a, 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 if a game doesn't include a mechanic uh, related to whatever it is... if, if a Ultimately, if a game doesn't have any mechanics and it's not a game, it's just people telling a story. Yeah, I know, but um, there is a form of role playing where that happens like if you can describe <laughs> it you can do it Wushu but Wushu's not it's not even Wushu not it's even Wushu like, like old school fucking text role playing yeah indeed it's um, just basically multiple people writing the same story that would get RPing interesting it's it's like anyway. RPing yeah. on top <laughs> for another time yeah or, that's or for the text, epilogues I'll text, tell you about that um, or um text by post thing yeah anyway um so Unless yeah, you in, it's it's you include a mechanic to try and make certain types of storytelling easier. You include the morality mechanic 
to make telling a moral story easier. Um, um, which is where I think that some morality mechanics, possibly this World of Darkness one, from what I understand of it now, it just gets in the way. It's, certainly like, it's not a mad theme, so why have it? Yeah, but morality is meant to be a theme of World of Darkness. Like, that's meant to be a theme of World of Darkness. It's just... I've never, I've never seen it done well, and anecdotal evidence from people that, other people that have played, not people that I know personally, but other internet personalities, seems to be about the same thing. It's a horror game that doesn't do horror well. Okay, right. Fair enough. And, so and we've part of, part of horror is morality as well. Like, moral choices can be a huge, um, a huge story driver. Like, yeah. Lots of stories that have moral choices can be really so can have so much more depth. Do you so think it's important to be rewarded? No, I not was at all. About to talk about yeah, just about to talk about the reward system. So Eclipse phase, we mentioned it before. You get mo mo motivations. Motivations are basically what we think is the closest uh, approximation that you can into a game mechanic that informs, not defines, but informs your moral choices. And one of the and the reward for fulfilling your motivations is the regain of uh, moxie points, which allow you to change roles, basically. So, for instance, if you... Uh, moxie is... Yeah, moxie is your action point, your willpower, if you're familiar with World of Darkness. Your fate point, if you're familiar it's with It's a depletable fate. resource that uh, grants you hefty bonuses. Yeah. That being said, I have played in a number of Eclipse Phase 1 shots now. How many? Four? Five? Yeah. Something like that. And I'm playing in an Eclipse Phase campaign. I have not yet fulfilled a motivation but I feel that I make morally distinct characters yeah so the thing yeah the thing Just the example with, um, with Eclipse Phase is um, if your motivation is negative slavery meaning you dislike slavery and you manage to free somebody from slavery in a game you get a moxie point back I actually think I went so far as to change the motivations yeah we recently of, changed yeah, the I ones consulted with my GM for my for a cops phase, i.e. Raymond, and I changed the motivations of um, Curtis Fraser to be more in keeping with how I was playing him, mm. rather than trying to make my behaviour as the character in line with the motivations that I picked at the start. And there's an excellent what does that. No, no, no. Say? I've got to think about this. There's an, there's an excellent you point about this. The reason that you that your motivations didn't line up with what you wanted your character to be was because. You chose the motivations that were listed as examples for the character packages you bought. True. But they didn't align with what you wanted for the character. So, like, oh, well, those are the ones that I would have. Arguably, that's basically because I didn't know what I wanted for the character when I made him. I mean, that is yeah. certainly true. I mean, there's, there's an argument to be made for maybe leaving things like that blank on your character sheet and filling them in as you go. Um, so what about games that enforce you to pick a morality at the start? How, well, do you, how does that yeah. impact? I'd say that's where it comes into how flexible it is as well. Like You might be forced to pick a morality but find your character is um, acting in a different way, in which case then you would necessitate a change to the morality. Yeah, we change the morality of... In the um, same way you change your motivations. Just be, yeah, talk to your DM, you know, I feel it'd be much more in keeping. In Dungeon World we changed Corey's morality from whatever it was to another one because like he kept m I can't remember I could pull out his character sheet if I really wanted <laughs> yeah I think it was like neutral and he changed it to chaotic because okay. he kept 
Um, Being chaotic? No, he kept purposeful, almost purposefully missing the uh, situations to gain that extra experience for fulfilling um, the thing listed for the alignment. Um, and so... So you changed the alignment because he wasn't getting the reward? Well, he wanted to change it because he wasn't getting the reward. Yeah. Because he was actually doing things in line with the other ones. He was fulfilling the... Is the criteria a, for the other motivations. I have questions. In Dungeon World, is there a capacity for you to change the alignment of a character after it's created? Is that a thing? You can change that... anything on your character sheet, really, okay, afterwards. Like, there's no rule in Dungeon World that says you can't. Right, okay. Yeah. So, there we go. So you can. Fine. Yeah. So there's no penalty for that? No. So, again... What's to stop you from changing your alignment whenever you want it? Yeah. I think the most uh, easy way to say that is if Corey had said, I want to change my alignment, but I didn't think he'd been meeting any of the criteria for the other ones, I would have said, I think maybe you should just try and behave more like what it's asking you to. Okay, so then we get to the point where it's potentially for kind of being locked into the alignment as well. Yeah. Where if he decides that he really wants to do another alignment, but the DM wants to try and keep him as he is for whatever reasons then you're gonna have either at best them trying to conform and possibly not enjoying as much as they can or at worst rebelling through moral acts well yeah I also would have said like uh, you know I might have also asked like do any of the other alignments speak out to you now that you've had a, a few sessions to get to know the game you know things like that when you learn it, it, it's different for Dungeon World because they're learning role playing games for the first time as well as learning yeah, that okay. system so there's gonna be a few things that mm. don't fit just right so you mentioned consequence of form we're talking about morality as well so I'm going to put it out there that should also apply to the other players in the game um, would have a hand in making consequence so you've got a party yeah uh, as we were sort of jokingly I think it was before this podcast started referring to uh, the party of lawful good uh yeah, like if you're yeah. If you if you have one uh, little boy scout uh, who then does some heinous crime, uh, I suppose then it becomes a also how much the other players in that party want to create consequence or pull him up on that. I think there's, I mean, there's there's a multitude of ways that could go, but like if we're talking about one player commits a crime that is seen as morally bad, um, or or even just lawfully bad, and the other characters, um. Other players also see this. You can do it two ways, and one of them is way more interesting story-wise, I feel. Um, one is they go, oh, well, we got to hand them into the authorities because we can't work with them anymore. That's the boring choice. The far more interesting choice is, yes, they did this bad thing, but they're still our friend and our family, so we have to help them. And that's totally what happens with when murderers kill people. Their family go to their hearings and defend them, even though they know they did this heinous crime. They'll go and defend them. And I think that's... I mean, obviously, you still have... So, listeners, I'm making a face at Raymond because I think he is overgeneralizing. But... I'm making an example. I mean, obviously... Yeah, anyway. All situations vary. I think... Yeah, when that situation you presented happens, I think that you can you can still have the characters be outraged without the party falling apart because there's still interest. There are other bonds beyond morality 
that hold the characters together. They've, they've got the bond of camaraderie. I think it makes some really interesting scenes as well. Like, for instance, the aforementioned Druid who wants uh, old mate Bard to hold all his loot he shouldn't have if the Bard's then like... Hold on a second. Aren't you meant to be yeah. a druid? Aren't Actually, you... if it's the bard in the way that I would play a bard, then the bard <laughs> would say, yeah, sure, man. Roll bluff. Sell it in stuff. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's... that's uh... <laughs> <laughs> you didn't need that stuff anyway, druid. Yeah, you're meant to be... No, no, no. no. Aren't you the moral high end? <laughs> yeah. the, the bard sells it, but it's to teach the druid a moral lesson. <laughs> or is it because the bard just sees the opportunity for profit? Why? Kim Zimmerman. Why can't it be both? Why can't the bard be trying to instruct the druid morally as well as gain wealth? <laughs> the druid is a true free market um, capitalist. In, um, another interesting question the druid asks the paladin to hold his stuff. The paladin knows about the yeah. druid's ethos, so he now has a moral choice to make about does he help his friend with his thing, even though that he knows his friend is doing a bad thing for his own like mental well-being, or does he stick to his code or his god and say, no, I cannot help another person who is deliberately not helping themselves. I cannot carry That'd your stuff. That'd be really interesting. Yeah. Whoa! Uh, That'd be really interesting, the, 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 the helpful knight, the knight that is concerned with the soul of their companions being like, you're, you're, even though it's, you know, someone else's religion, he's like, look, I know you practice your own religion, and I know that one of the tenets of those religions is non-attachment to the physical plane. You seem real attached to this plus five gold uh, scimitar, even though you don't have the martial weapons proficiency. What's going on, mate? Maybe we should maybe we should sit down. Alternatively, my religion over here puts great stock in physical <laughs> acquisition, so convert So uh, <laughs> you'll thank me for saving your soul letter. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah, but I think that first of all, any kind of character character confrontation like that needs to be premised with players saying I'm not trying to dick you. Yeah. Indeed. Like, I'm not trying to screw you over. This isn't about you and me. It's about Furlock and Shamulamu. 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 Which one's the druid? I don't know. <laughs> Shamulamu's the paladin. Yeah, indeed. Shamulamu. Named after uh, uh, Shur meaning son of. Mulamu, well, the this ancient... isn't like ancient Egyptian name for... <laughs> That's too the ancient and proud lord of their people. Anyway, uh, yeah, so first of all, that's what it should be prefaced with. And then secondly, is that, yeah, if you can have an interesting... If you can have an interesting way that players can... That characters can, can resolve a situation, then do it. Yeah, Over and I... The, over, over the boring one. When we were talking about the example before where you have a party of goody two-shoes and then the Boy Scout commits the, the heinous crime, but he thought he was doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, indeed. But the rest of the party doesn't see it as that way. They're just yeah, like, you yeah, killed the dude. Yeah. And he's just like, but in my mind, I was saving yeah. the kid. That's a, that's, that's a real interesting moral choice. And yeah. that's an interesting scene there where the player characters are trying to convince one another, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they're, tr they're trying to see his side. And I will also say that I've in slightly backtracking to the um, Paladin Druid. Uh, your gold scimitar is quite valuable to my religion. I think players and storytellers should come down very heavily on people who are seen to be exploiting morality 
for their own character's benefit in a very meta way. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, in honesty, though, like, in realism, I have never seen characters played by players interact in this depth. No. I have. But really very rare. rare. It's not super common. It's... Not in a large party anyway, like, Not in four, a like four or more, yeah. I think that people are really just out for themselves, and if they can get away with it, I'm putting that in inverted commas, if they can get away with it, then they will. I mean, it's also Which is of, sad. Also, mm. I mean, the players should be trying, if they're trying to tell the interest story, they should be trying to yeah. find that sort of stuff, but like the GM can latch onto that and make a point of it so like all that it takes for that to try and make that a scene is for GM to say you just saw um Furlock or whatever it was yeah Furlock Furlock uh you just saw Furlock steal from the collection plate and you know this other character's like geez, that's that's not a you know you that and where I come from, they cut off right hands for that theft. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you've got a player. Like you, no, you don't have a player. You've got a character trying to cut off the right yeah. hand. And, and why is GM drawing is, attention yeah. to that? It trying it, it. It might help the player think. Oh, that could be an interesting thing. I will say, I always think it is far more constructive to have an, an NPC come up and say, "You just fell out of the collection plate," rather than uh, the storyteller being like, "You just saw this." Kind of thing. Yeah, I think... And it comes back to consequences again. Well, there's different ways of phrasing it. I mean, I'm not going to... I don't agree necessarily that it's always better for an NPC because I don't like to include heaps and heaps of NPCs in the story because then it becomes me doing an entire scene. I mean, it can just be a but shitty peasant in the pews. There's the a church. better way to say it than you saw this yeah. and uh, this is how you would f- you might feel. It, but a lot of the time... You could just say, you notice that they've stolen from the collection yeah. plate and then you just leave it and wait and see what they say. They yeah. might pick it up, yeah. they might I not. I think that I'm um, partly in Raymond's camp and partly in Billy's camp. I think that that is taking it too far and being like... I'm not going to GM today and throwing it back onto like another player to do something also, about it. Also, I think But at the same time, yeah. you don't want it to become yeah, yeah. A, like the DM, the, the the GM interacting with the play with it with a single player and a single character in a party of four, and then the other three are just lounging yeah. around doing nothing. Like you need to make it a party experience. You need you. Role playing in, 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 in most yeah. in most situations, I think it is better to make. If, if you can turn it into a whole party experience, turn it into a whole party experience. Involve everybody yeah, in the moral yeah. choices of one ca- of one character rather than singling out that character to have a one-on-one Agree interaction with I don't, yeah. Yeah. Dude, this I don't is think your choice. Billy's way of getting the character to notice that, or mine, I don't think either one yeah. is stronger, personally. The interesting thing with yours, which I'm going to quickly segue into, is that in some cases I think it becomes a case of players feeling like the DM is telling them how their character should feel morally. Mm. And then I don't think that's a, a, a. I don't think that players should think about it that way. I think yeah. it's that the DM. Oh, I agree, but, but some will. Yeah, but the DM is indicate the DM is indicating to that character, to that player, that their character has made a moral choice outside of how the DM understands that character to being portrayed. And the DM is not ask is not telling you that, that that's a bad thing. The DM is just asking you to justify it. Yeah, You're just bringing it to the attention of everyone because because often people don't 
yeah. notice what everyone else is doing. Yeah. Yeah. Justification justification for changes in moral actions after after the character has been uh, uh, established as a moral choice. Uh, uh, after the character has been established in their moral compass... Um, need to be justified otherwise it's just outside it, it is changing it on a whim for no reason and we sh- suggest you avoid that yeah yeah definitely yeah definitely so what are, what are we what's the take home message from today <laughs> what's the, <laughs> that there is a lot to talk about on morality even more than we thought um, we would we didn't even really get to the point of mm-hmm. how to include moral stories in game. I mean, we lightly touched yeah. on including moral choices. I um, think that, yeah, I think that my summary is that most choices can be viewed as a moral choice. The question is significant. It's all about the framing. Yeah. Don't, uh, yeah, it's all about the framing. Um, for systems, if it's not having a significant impact on the way that uh, that the, 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 the story should be told then the morality mechanic is probably superfluous and not something people need, to, the, people need to think about that yeah. my takeaway message is if you're running a game and you want your players to be invested you will include morality because it is one of the best things yeah. for getting players to actually get invested in their character and their choices especially if they see how it impacts the world. So yeah, there has to be consequences, but more importantly, I think there have to that contrary to how I actually <laughs> personally how Kim needs to be motivated <laughs> gain motivation, I think that there that, that it is important to have rewards. Like you can't just say, "Yeah, you're playing the game right." You have to say, "No, you're playing the game right. Have a cookie." You're playing the game right. Take 5 gold. You take 200 gold. Yes. Okay. Raymond, what do you think? Um, yeah, I think that those are those are good points. Um, we might have to revisit this uh, sometime in the future to discuss some other parts about morality. Is um, that moral? Is it moral to revisit content? I don't know. I don't know, Jim. I don't know. Leave us a comment. Tell us uh, <laughs> your thoughts on tweets. Your thoughts on morality and uh, how you do it in games and maybe a different way that you can actually come up with the moral anchorings of your character other than the three ways that we discussed at the beginning of this episode. Additionally, if you've ever had a really fascinating or difficult moral choice, tell us because we'd like to know. Yeah, we we love uh, hearing back from you guys. Um, If you have any feedback, please leave us a comment um, on WordPress or Facebook or even SoundCloud. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, um, and uh, you can also email us at insertquesthere at gmail.com. Um, uh, I'm Raymond. I'm Kim. I'm Will. And you've been listening to The, the Crusading, Crusading Couch. Couch.